Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals, Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. You would think that when the NBA started when when the NBA started the Christmas Day thing, you'd have the Lakers on Christmas Day every day, which they are. You'd have the Knicks on Christmas Day every day, which they aren't, and that you'd never see the Clippers on Christmas Day, which they actually are this year. So maybe if my family turns on the TV, they can actually make history not only by watching the NBA today, but also by seeing the Clippers actually in the primetime marquee game coming up later on tonight. Yeah, if I had told you a year ago. Well, I guess there was already Ka- Kawhi Clippers buzz, but that that the Clippers would be in the marquee game with ma- the player that maybe we consider to be the best in the world, which I personally do. It's kind of it's just incredible how the 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 ever evolving NBA landscape has continued to evolve to the point where we're at today. The Clippers, by the way, this isn't their first Christmas Day appearance, but it's their first appearance in what is the prime spot, right? I mean, there's. There's, it's like going to a game. Like, where did, we went to the. Guess what? We went to the uh, the Super Bowl. Did you sit in the upper deck? 
Or do you sit at the 50-yard line or in a suite? Like, there's, there's, yeah, it's awesome to go to the Super Bowl. It's awesome to be included on Christmas Day. But today, the Clippers have 50-yard line seats, or they are in the suite watching the Super Bowl. That is the big deal. Lob City was able to be put on the late game at times. Maybe if they played the Blazers, maybe if they played the <laughs> yeah. Phoenix Suns, there was a unique game. But it would be a 10.30 Eastern time game, maybe on TNT or ESPN. But they're getting prime, prime real estate on a major network today when they take on the Lakers. And that's what's that's what's so amazing to me, Aaron, about what this schedule has laid out and really what the Clippers have just done as a whole. You just said it. You think that they've got the best player in the NBA. This was a franchise that was considered the worst franchise. I would argue not only in the NBA, but in professional sports period because of the previous ownership of Donald Sterling. And now when you see where they have come to me, it's one of the greatest and and we know how it happened. And there's, there's the, the unfortunate situation that happened with the players having to deal with Donald Sterling's comments, but it did end that era, and it brought in a new era of Steve Ballmer, and that's where everything changed. But to, to me, it's just it's mind-boggling to see the turnaround of this franchise and just how differently we view them because of a few people, Steve Ballmer, Kawhi Leonard, and maybe Paul George in that, the complete 180 has just blown my mind when I look at this Clippers squad. And Doc Rivers, too, who's, yeah, yeah, yeah. who's kind of become um, – I feel like he's more than a coach at this point, if you know what I mean. In terms of the, the role that he plays within the league, you mentioned the Steve Ballmer situation – or the, the Steve Ballmer yeah. – the Donald Sterling situation where he was kind of the voice of reason behind the scenes. You hear the stories about he was kind of running the organization as they were going through the ownership transition. But um, it is incredible – and it is incredible um, where this thing could even go in two, three, four years as they talk about wanting to transition out of the Staples Center, get their own building, um, build their own fan base. It's really interesting because I, I actually heard Colin Cowherd talking about this in his show, is the idea that the Lakers are so entrenched in L.A. in the sense that every night is a show, every night you expect to be entertained, and LeBron can't really... Um, do kind of the load management thing, whereas the Clippers, it's not the the six-month play. It's the 20-year play, and you really feel like this might be the start of something brand new, not just with Kawhi Leonard, but in the bigger picture with Steve Ballmer. Yeah, I, w- I want you to put a pin in that because I want to say one more thing about Doc Rivers since you brought him up. This was a guy that honestly did as much as he could do and was still criticized for it. it when, when he went to Boston – the conversation and they win the title in 2008 was, well, yeah, you won it with Paul Pierce and KG and Ray Allen and all and all these studs, but what have you done without that marquee talent? And he did fare decent in Orlando, but obviously when you win a, a championship with the Boston Celtics, you go to another level, but there are people that weren't putting him on that level because of the team that he had. And then he comes to the Clippers, and honestly that narrative was strengthened because – of Lob City not being able to break through. We're like, see, look, you have Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre Jordan. What is Doc Rivers doing? Just even last season and what they went through and how they were able to navigate and make the postseason when a lot of people thought they were going to give up, to have that season, and then now you bring in the players that they have, 
I think completely changes the narrative on how we look at Doc Rivers as a coach. Sure. And, and your point of, you're right. And I'm probably at fault because I left him out of talking about the guy. So I'm, I'm glad that you brought him up. But then go to, to go back to your point about the, the franchise and where they are and the gap that was between the Lakers and Clippers. When you have what was considered the worst franchise in the NBA and what you have is almost the beacon of all franchises in professional sports, you're putting the Lakers up there with the Yankees. You're putting them up there with the Cowboys. That gap was enormous. The gap between the Yankees and Mets is a gap, but it's not like it is in L.A. The gap between the Cubs and White Sox in Chicago is a gap, but it's not like it was in L.A. To think that the Clippers would be the team to close that gap, and at, at, at the moment, not overall, but just at the moment of them being almost even with the Lakers neck and neck, to me is just, to be on the same stage with them, maybe that's a better way to put it, is mind-boggling. Yeah, and and it's crazy because you look at the bigger picture and listen, the the Clippers will never have the 50 years of history that the Lakers have. They will never have uh, all the championships, all the Hall of Famers, whatever. But if you start to extrapolate out over the next 20, 30 years, I think you can make an argument that the Clippers are in better shape kind of structurally and internally, and this certainly won't be their last Christmas Day marquee game, but that's the part that's so interesting to me is it started with Steve Ballmer taking over, but I I just look at everything that happened this offseason. We obviously this week spent a lot of time talking about the Kawhi Leonard sweepstakes and what happened behind the scenes, but part of it was the Lakers bungled it because every single uh, piece of information got leaked out to the media, and so you look at, listen, the Lakers will always have the history. Players will always want to play here because it's LA. It's the marquee brand. But just in terms of the bigger picture of where these organizations are going, I think you can argue that the Clippers are in better shape to really take off over the next decade, however many years. I'm going to say something okay. that I, I, I want to get your response. And this, this may be blasphemous. This may not be fair because the Lakers do have LeBron James and they do have Anthony Davis, and we. Th- there's a possibility of this seven-year stretch where things didn't work out for them to come to an end. They're going to make the playoffs. They're going to be in contention. But could it be a situation where kids, how kids nowadays look at Notre Dame when being recruits of they don't? I I mean I remember Notre Dame winning a national championship with Lou Holtz and being dominant during that time, and Notre Dame then was Notre Dame and. And I think you're old enough to remember when Notre Dame was Notre Dame, but there are 17 and 18 year old kids that don't know about Notre Dame. Do you think that the Lakers could enter or be endangered into that if things don't necessarily work out or if this Clippers thing takes off? 100% for two reasons. Because one, I think you even look at the structure of this team. Think about, you said, seven year stretch. Think about all the guys that we heard, oh, they're going to be a Laker because it's the Lakers. You think about all. All the guys through, oh, well, Kevin Love, he's from L.A. Well, first of all, he's not really from L.A. He played sure. at UCLA. For but a that's, minute, yeah, too, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he played at UCLA. He's not from But Kev, I can't even remember all the names now. Kevin Love and um, Russell Westbrook and Paul George and Kawhi. They're all going to – I remember the day I came on um, – I, I the day that Kawhi Leonard demanded a trade from San Antonio, the next day Arnie Spanier and I came on and did our set. Oh, just hand the lake. Well, of course he's going to go to. He's from L.A. He wants to be a Laker, and so I bring that up because you said, you know, are we hitting the stretch? When is the last time 
LeBron came for reasons outside of basketball. It wasn't because that was the best place for him to win. And then nobody wanted to play with him. He had to trade for the guy that, of course, has the same agent as him. So I'm just saying, I think it's already kind of happened where the Lakers, you know, for for 30 or 40 years, they got every guy they wanted in free agency or trade or whatever. And now, even the last four or five years, even as they've built this team that's in first place, it hasn't really been like that. I think LeBron is, is, in you talk about his plans with the Lakers it's it's not as urgent there isn't a necessity I almost compare it to the to the uh, to the big wig the fortune 500 CEO that has a membership at a different golf club than a state that he doesn't live in like yeah he's a member you know <laughs> yeah. and maybe when he's there he'll play a round of golf but he's not there every day playing at the country club in his community and it's because you know what LeBron wants to be in that club of hey I was I was a Laker and I, I brought a championship, but if it doesn't if it doesn't happen, he still has his other laurels of of winning in Miami and, and bringing the title to Cleveland. Like that's good enough. That's how I like view it. Where it's yeah, it'd be nice. Yeah, I'd like to compete and win and, and win that title. But to add to his legacy and, the, and and not even of the Jordan Lebron comparison, none of that stuff. But just okay, that'd be nice. Yeah, you, you could be like, hey, you know, hey, Kobe, look at what I got, or hey, Magic, I also got one of these too. I think he wants to be in that club. And that's yeah. where I, where I think that where his his desire is, and it's not that he's he's. I, I just don't think it's the, of the utmost importance. To your point, no, I I don't think so at all. And we spent a year talking about this over, uh, you know, since the day that he signed in whatever it was, uh, September, uh, uh, July of 2018, where winning a title would be nice, but he has his interests off the field or off the court. Excuse me. Uh, that that don't pertain to it. And I think it's turned off a lot of people, but I just think it's interesting, like we were saying, is the, the Clippers are structurally built, I think, to maintain this. Um, and I'm just fascinated to watch tonight on top of everything else. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. 
and I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With the NBA's difficulty in making the regular season valuable, we have heard multiple reports about the changes that are coming to the regular season. And Aaron, I have no problem with that. I have a problem with the people who say this won't work, that won't work, and this is not going to happen because something needs to change. Something has to be done different. So bring a new idea to the table. That's what I want from people when they're talking about the new NBA, possible new NBA schedule coming in the next couple of years. Yeah, it's tough because I'm actually the guy that's like, uh, like I can poke holes pretty easily into the tournament, but I'll readily admit that in this scenario, I'm John Ramos. I mean, John, I mean, John, (laughs) I don't have a good alternative. I mean, I think my best alternative is we need to get stricter about load management and who's playing and who's not playing. And if the best players are playing in these nationally televised games, I do think the ratings will go up. I, I, I'm not in love with the tournament, but I, I, I'll also I'll, I'll toss it back to you because I think you have some ideas on how the tournament could work, and I'm willing to listen to them. I just I'm not sold that it's going to be this big boon and and playing whatever it'll be four games in eight days or whatever. Mm-hmm. I. I I'm not sold that this is the answer. There, there are there are a couple of things that I've seen recently. There is the report that each player would get a million dollars. 
That's awesome to the guy 13th, 14th on the roster that really would love a million dollars. It's not going to do anything for LeBron James. Agreed. It's not going to do anything for Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, any of that. I don't think that draft picks are realistic. A player has never played for a draft pick in the history of sports. There's never been a guy who has taken the court saying, we got to win this game so our draft stock is better or worse. And I'd add that draft picks probably in the NBA have never been less valuable, too. Sure. I mean, we saw four for Kawhi Leonard, four for Anthony Davis, so continue, though. Let's, let's And also say if you're in the NFL and you're a quarterback and you're Andy Dalton in Cincinnati, you're really going to tank so the team could draft Joe Burrow, right. and now you don't have a job or you're not playing anywhere yeah. like that. doesn't make sense. So applying draft picks to a midseason tournament doesn't, doesn't do anything. Here is my solution. And the reason I think this solution works is because it adds value to what a tournament would be. And this is a drastic change, Aaron. You're not going to fix all 82 games. You're not going to make every single game watchable and must-watch TV. So you've got to at least add some value because the real value in an NBA season starts in April and it ends in June. That's really what we're playing for. Despite the season starting in October, we only care about the NBA playoffs. I do think that an NBA midseason tournament would be useful, and I think that it could be beneficial, and I think that it could be very interesting if the NBA does this. Number one, you adopt the system like you do in soccer or like you do in the NHL, and you give points for victories. This takes win-loss record out of the case. So if this you, is just for the tournament? Or this the is just for season? the whole regular season. Oh, okay. So you would take the Milwaukee Bucks, for example, last year had the most wins in the NBA with 60 they would have 120 points if you assign two points for every win. There's no points for games going into overtime. It's you win, you get two, you lose, you get zero. But if you play a tournament, you then add the value of points within that tournament. So let's say you have a 30-team tournament. You would start off giving the top two teams buys. That So you would have value of playing well early in the season prior to the start of the tournament. So the Bucs have the top record in the East. Lakers have the top record in the West. Guess what? They don't have to play a first-round game in the tournament, and then they get a point value that will be assigned to every single bracket or every single round of that tournament. I hope I'm not getting too much in the weeds here, but this is where this is where it sorts out, Aaron. If you assign, say, one point for a first-round victory, you add that to your season total. If you win your second-round game, you get two points, and you're adding this. So a team like the Boston Celtics, who last year had 49 wins, finished with 98 points under this scenario. If you made a run through the tournament, they could have improved their seeding from a four-seed to a two-seed. It allows for incentive within the season where if we win this tournament, we could really set us up for the postseason or this can add benefits down the line. What now is happening is it's the regular season is dragging on and I just want to be ready for the playoffs. If you actually give the teams immediate incentive to pay off what they care about, and that's winning in the playoffs and winning an NBA championship. That's how I think you get players and teams involved and fans involved. If you put like 10 extra bonus points for a championship game at the end of this tournament, that could lift you from a five seed where you wouldn't have home court in, in the playoffs. That could put you to a three seed where you would be able to host a game. It's those different incentives that I think would work in the NBA. Is it too confusing? Do you? Do it's you... not. It's not. <sighs> Poke holes. Start to no, poke holes. No, because I, I don't want to be John. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to be the guy because I, I actually don't hate it at all. I'm trying to think of what the argument from the Players Association or the owners would be. Um, 
Do, do we think that most of the owners, I know Mark Cuban's been very vocal against it. Do we think most of the owners are on board with this just in the bigger picture? Not just your scenario, but just in general? Um, I think that I think that something needs to be done yeah. because I think when you when I mean it's definitely for TV yeah. and you have to have some 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 intrigue. The the issue that I think that you could see the pushback is and I and I can't answer your question. I don't know if 20 out of the 30 yeah, are for yeah. it. So I don't want to gloss over that part. But the fact is is these games are great here and Lakers Clippers today is going to be awesome to watch. But in the grand scheme of things, does it give value? Sure. And I just don't think like a, a game next week isn't going to be intriguing for us to watch. It's intriguing because it's Lakers Clippers today, but it's also on Christmas Day. You could have a Celtics Raptors game that could be very intriguing for any of the teams that could possibly try to be holding off the Celtics to get those bonus points in a bracket. Or you could be a Celtics fan. Like there's, there are a lot of different ways where you can involve it instead of just having a midseason tournament and giving a fake trophy. Yeah. If you if you use the tournament as incentive to improve where you are in April, where it really counts, that's what I think would add value to the NBA's uh, change of schedule. No, and it's a very interesting argument. I mean, my only thing would be, I do think it would be weird if. Dow, like I'm just using Dallas as an example. Luka Doncic played overseas. He played in these tournaments. Dallas gets hot. They win this tournament, but they finish as like the seven seed in the West in the regular season by win-loss record, but they end up with home court advantage throughout the playoffs. And I know that that's the incentive for winning the tournament, but I, I do feel like it could skew too far the other way where... Uh, I'm you just, can't stink. Like, you can't just like... Uh, we need to win the tournament and that's it. Like you still have to have you still have to add value to the regular season. And by doing it with a point system, I think it's the only way way to really do it. You'd have to, to change it. But it would allow the Mavericks, who are let's say the five spot right now. Uh, what about if they go on this amazing or you'd have to figure out the value and, and how it would break down. But if you're getting a you know a point value for every time you advance, it also allows the teams who are advancing to increase some of their value. And if you were upset in the first round, you're going to have another team that's going to be able to build up those point values, and that's going to add importance to that game. It's not going to totally flip the entire power structure of it because each game would still have its value of having two points, but it allows you to have a midseason tournament that has, is maybe a little bit more important than just the five games that we see on Christmas Day. Uh, yeah, all, all I would say is I do think it feels a lot like Major League Baseball awarding the postseason uh, home field advantage. I, I feel like it would be really fun in real time, and then we'd get to the playoffs and the Mavericks would have home court advantage, and we'd be like, it kind of sucks for the Lakers that they had the best regular season record and they have to play game seven in Dallas. I'm not saying I hate it. I'm not being John. I'm not, I'm just speaking out loud here. This is the first time I heard this. So I don't want to tear down. I know you put a lot of thought into this. I'm just saying like, that's what it kind of feels like to me. You know? I, and and that's what like the thing that I always think about it was home field advantage is, is yeah. But when it comes down to it, is it, you know, is it, is it that valuable? Is it, um, is it, I mean, if a series doesn't even go to seven games, does it even matter? Sure. You know, for, for those things, sure, maybe a team gets to start out at home, and that's different as is starting out on the road. But I just think that you need to come up with a system 
that finds value in the regular season that everybody would yeah. play for. You're and right. the only thing that these guys are playing for is that season in the playoffs, which is the reason why they're resting now. If you have the two con- connected to each other, I think you're going to have great value. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Quarterbacking news this morning in the NFL. And this kind of started out with a tweet or a series of tweets sent out by Chris Mortensen, who a uh, longtime NFL reporter, and I love Chris Mortensen's work. I think he's he, he's great and has done it for so long. I did have an issue with a, a tweet that he sent out regarding the future of Ben Roethlisberger because Chris Mortensen said, in essence, that there is some question on whether Ben Roethlisberger would play in 2020. He then said, for clarification purposes, the exact opposite. Now, that's not a clarification. That's a retraction from the original tweet. Well, now we've heard it straight from Big Ben's mouth, or at least via his Twitter account. It was earlier today that Ben Roethlisberger tweeted this. In addition to a picture of him and his family on Christmas morning in their PJs saying, quote, P.S., contrary to recent reports out there about my football future and my uncertainty about playing again, I am working hard and am more determined than ever to come back stronger and better than ever next year, exclamation point. That from one Ben Roethlisberger. When you read that, What comes to mind when Ben Roethlisberger sends out that holiday cheer for the Pittsburgh Steelers fans? What comes to mind is um, Ben Roethlisberger wants Ben Roethlisberger to be back next year. And uh, listen, he's uh, I I just think it's a whole interesting scenario because you could start to see the even week one against the, 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 the Patriots this year. It was like. We're doing this song and dance again with Big Ben. Like, is it's time to start thinking about the future? But do you have that future? I I just think the the Steelers dynamic is interesting. I don't know. Did I miss something subtle in there? That well, you- what what I find interesting is Big Ben has always been the one for, for the spotlight, and sure. Big Ben has taken full advantage, I think, of the heartstrings of those fans in Steeler Nation. And it's the threatening of retirement, the threatening of True. of years past of, you know what, I I don't know if I'm going to play anymore. <laughs> I, I just want to sit down this offseason, take some time. Ben, are you are you thinking about not playing anymore? I don't know. I just have to see. A couple of seasons of that. Then they draft Mason Rudolph and... Hey, I plan on being here for years to come. You know, like I, I'm like so, so so after all these all these talks of retirement and wanting the fan base and maybe the Steelers should be like, Ben, don't go. Yeah. Ben, please don't go. Then all of a sudden the Steelers draft a possible heir apparent at the time. And Ben's like, no, I'm not going anywhere. Sure. Now, what I feel so unique about this is the Pittsburgh Steelers are this close from missing the playoffs. So the Titans win on Sunday. Pittsburgh's out. They do need help from the Texans. And then the Steelers need to beat the Ravens with Duck Hodges at quarterback because Mason Rudolph's out. But the point is, is there was no backup. There's no backup to Ben Roethlisberger that can play winning football. So now Ben sends out a tweet and everybody's like, oh, oh, my goodness. Thank goodness Ben is back. Thank goodness he is going to do this for us. I picked Ben Roethlisberger to be the 2019 NFL MVP. That was my pick. It's on the paper in there. But the simple reason, Aaron, is I thought without Le'Veon Bell, without Antonio Brown, 
that Ben Roethlisberger was going to throw the heck out of the football and just get it to Juju Smith-Schuster, get it to James Washington, hit James Conner in the backfield. But I thought it was going to be the Ben show, and I expected the Steelers to have success because he wanted to show that, you know what, he didn't need Antonio Brown. For all the junk that Antonio Brown talked about Ben Roethlisberger, Ben was going to show that he didn't need him. And now they didn't have Le'Veon Bell, and Le'Veon Bell's not holding out anymore. He's a member of the New York Jets. That's why I thought like Ben was going to be in full I can do this mode. He couldn't do it on the field, but I think that's exactly what he's saying in this tweet. And now everybody's like, yeah, we need you back, Ben, because they obviously don't have any answer behind him at the quarterback position. Fun fact, I, I had the Steelers in the Super Bowl for the exact same really? reason. Yeah, I just thought I just thought the whole organization is out to prove mm-hmm. that Antonio Brown was a headache. And this was, this was like we made our picks like during the peak Antonio Brown Raiders. It's <laughs> true. You know, and uh, was, good point. Yeah. So I'll say this with the Steelers just in general. I just think they're so interesting from so many levels because there are teams that, that are ushering out the, the previous, you know, the legend, right? The giants come to mind where they very clearly have the answer behind him, which is now Daniel Jones mm-hmm. and Eli Manning has basically played his last time as, as a New York giant. Um, the Steelers don't, and Big Ben is now 37. He will be 38 before the start of next training camp. And, <clears throat> excuse me, he is not Tom Brady. He is not Mr. Plyometric uh, TB12. I, I, I just wonder how much longer can they go with him, but also they don't have the definitive answer behind him like the Giants do or some of these other organizations. I just think it's an interesting two or three years. And then, oh, by the way, they were still pretty successful without him this year. I just think there's a lot of interesting dynamics within that organization. I I think that there's concern just about the injury in itself, if that's going to have an effect. Now, it would likely be a full year almost for him to recover, so hopefully – and. And I don't want Ben Roethlisberger to not be able to throw the football anymore. That's sure. the farthest thing that that anybody wants, even if you're the Steelers' biggest rival. I just, to your point, yeah, about the age, there's a question. About the actual injury, there's a question. There's a lot of questions. There also is a question, and we don't know the answer to this. We don't know what's going to happen with the receiving core, still with Antonio Brown not being there. Juju Smith-Schuster had an awful year. We don't know if it was because of the quarterbacking play, if he just didn't have a you know rapport with, with Duck Hodges and, and Mason Rudolph. We don't know if maybe teams were then just focusing on him. We don't even know those answers. So that's all stuff that's going to be need to be answered by Pittsburgh. And now, for uh, the first time in a little while, you're also trying to figure out how to catch the team that's the top of the division. There are a lot of questions about the Pittsburgh Steelers and and where this team is. It, even even with as great as the season is gone, with everything seemingly going wrong for them, there's still a bit of a cloud in the future just because of how serious the departures and the issues they had to deal with this season. Yeah, interesting. And also in the division, it goes without saying, the, the Cincinnati Bengals are probably going to have Joe Burrow going forward. Uh, the Browns, I know we just talked about them previously. I'm not ready to give up on this whole Baker Mayfield era. I hope that they have a new head coach next year. I hope that it's somebody that can uh, bring a little bit more stability. And I'm curious to see what that organization would look like with a, and I don't think he'll get the job, but a Mike McCarthy or somebody that has experience that kind of ha- will have the pulse of that locker room. So, yeah, it's it, it, just in general, the AFC North is very interesting, but obviously the Steelers fit within the dynamic of it is interesting as well. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. 
And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. 
basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It was reported yesterday that there could be some trouble in New York when it comes to Jets head coach Adam Gase. Benish Mehta, who covers the Jets for the New York Daily News, did a piece where basically Adam Gase is telling everybody, uh, I don't care, I'm rich. Right? I am rich as blank. I, I don't give a blank. I'm rich, and this is my attitude. There are a bunch of other things in the piece that also reveal that Adam Gase doesn't care about the defense. There was more than one instance where he walked off the practice field while the defense was still practicing and being run by Greg Williams. There was also a report that the team and the front office had to say something to him about – not being a Scrooge when it comes to being the media, that you can't be uh, a curmudgeon and you've got to be somewhat relatable or friendly, and he reluctantly did so. But of all of that, Aaron, you know what struck me as the most juiciest part of this? What was that, Dan? Is that Adam Gase apparently has a burner account. And this is where we go. And if you're not familiar with the Burner account, it is a Twitter account that does not represent uh, who is actually running it. Yet, the person who tweets from it seems to unapologetically support whoever it is that they're trying to hide. Is that a good way to put it? I think that's fair enough. And in this case, this Burner account was run by at WyattV18. And... Kudos to Cool Your the Cool Your Jets podcast at CYJ Pod, who went out and was able to uncover all of the tweets sent by Wyatt V18 throughout the past season to support Adam Gase as the Jets head coach. Now, here were a few of them. First of all, number one. This is from a tweet supporting Gase saying, Adam Gase hasn't had the opportunity to implement his offense due to a long list of problems out of his control. He is one of the more innovative head coaches in the league. you have a problem with that tweet? Yeah, I, my only problem is it doesn't sound like anything that's an actual fan would say. <laughs> sure. It's way too like inside baseball for the common Twitter user. So yeah. it, It's very, very, it's well constructed. Right? Yeah. Uh, there's this one. He'd be out of a job for 10 seconds, was in high demand this offseason, maybe blame the former front office and old age training staff. So r- real quick, who's your favorite team, the Milwaukee Bucks? Yes. Yeah. What do you NBA, know about yeah. the Bucks training staff? <laughs> Not much. Not my, much. My point exactly. The casual fan that is either going to defend his coach or not defend his coach. They're not gonna the casual fan on the couch is not gonna reference the training staff as a reason to bring back the coach. These are all tips, by the way, that Adam Gase should be writing down in how to run a burner account. Thank you. Adam Gase has turned Robbie Anderson into a legitimate all around wide receiver. I mean, yeah, that one, okay, okay. I can. It's short, it's brief. There's yeah. maybe not much harm in there. Yeah, yeah, I'd have to look at Robbie Anderson's stats pre and post Adam Gaze to, to get too excited. I, I can say this. I thought Robbie Anderson was going to have a magnificent year because I, I thought he and Sam Darnold at the end of last year showed a rapport. Obviously, Sam Darnold was out. Robbie Anderson has been hit and miss this season. He did not live up to my expectations. And I know, yeah, Darnold had the mono thing, but still, the, to me, there was more to build on. So, 
I don't know how that's Adam Gase's success when he probably didn't have as good of a season as he did last year. See, and that's something that the casual fan would bring up to defend a coach that they believed in, which is, bro, QB had mono. Like that's something that, yeah, that, that yeah. you should throw out from the tw- from the, the the burner Twitter account. Not talking about how old the ages of the training staff be like, uh, bro. Co- co- coach's quarterback was out for six weeks with mono. So. And, and then there's a shot at Le'Veon Bell. This was another tweet from the supposed burner account. Has it been confirmed that it is? But again, the Wyatt V18. Adam Gase's seven-year-old son's name is Wyatt. Maybe that should be the hint of don't have a burner account named after your son. Just be Steve A B nine six two one four, and then people will just think it's you know some sort of hacked account. Uh, how about this? Le'Veon Bell was not a Gase signing. Coaching staff wanted Ed Oliver, but front office at the time had draft capital decisions in terms of control and went with Quinnen Williams from Alabama. Coaching staff was not in agreement. To your point and everything that you just told me that sounds way too inside and actually having inside knowledge about what the coaching staff was doing to sound like just a casual fan yeah except for nba nerds nobody uses terms like draft capital decisions uh <laughs> i know they wrote out draft capital decisions but abbreviated ed oliver to eo yeah right like, yeah. They, like to me and by the way if you go to the cool your jets twitter page because i want to give them the credit because they did all the work on this it is on and on and on and on about and 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 here's another tip that i will give criticize the guy once or twice and then maybe it takes people off the scent but the constant support of Adam Gates in this is just too hard to deny. Yeah, maybe it means nothing, but the first person that this Wyatt V18 followed was the New York Jets official Twitter account. So, oh. And uh, MetLife Stadium and New York Jets Communications and Le'Veon Bell <laughs> and uh, a bunch of Jets beat writers. Now, it's not only, including our own Colin Cowherd, uh, this 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 uh, All right. site follows. So maybe Colin can slide into those DMs, get, get, a, get a feel for us. Oh, but. so great. I... I actually, I don't have a problem with someone going on Twitter, setting up account and seeing what's out there, seeing, I don't have a problem, it's it's the whole responding to it, yeah. right, you know, and trying to, to help, and I actually think that with this whole report of what has come out, that is also intriguing to me, because it seems whoever was the source of Manish Mehta's report Surely wants Adam Gase gone. Sure, and I and I don't know if it's another coach. I don't know if it's a member of the front office. But there's too much inside information uh, in the actual story about what Adam Gase is doing. And and with the slant of we're painting Adam Gase in such a poor light that the fans won't want him around. So if the public outcries that Adam Gase needs to go, it allows the new regime of the Jets and Joe Douglas to get him out of there. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's interesting, and and as you said, if you're gonna run a burner Twitter account, I think the number one thing, first of all, don't use don't use terms like draft capital, <laughs> and also you can say something negative about the guy, coach. What were you doing on third and one there? You know, like like just throw out a few, yeah. just throw them off your scent a little bit. But hey, put out a Seinfeld meme. Yeah, yeah, you know, like do something like that just, just to show that hey, you're you're not just there to support Adam Gase. Yeah, th- yeah. There's not t- there's not too many pro Adam Gaze accounts just running nonstop. So yeah, throw out something. Oh, uh, Gaze closed. We could say Whoa. on this one. There it is. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. 
I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.